I wanted to begin by thanking all of you who have been following my work, sharing my content, as well as supporting me. Thank you for your love as well as for your support. Please take the time to check out the links that you're going to find in the uh, description, as well as don't forget to subscribe to my channel and hit the notification bell as well. Please share my work. Most of you know that I was born in the United Kingdom and that I was raised in Saudi Arabia. But what I don't often disclose or discuss are my Egyptian roots. My mother is Egyptian. And not only do I have Egyptian roots, but I also owned a home in Cairo, Egypt. And I lived there for some time and traveled across Egypt. This is why some of the jihadi trash try only to fail to troll my channel when they attacked me for having an Egyptian accent. See how tolerant they are? They even treat each other like garbage. I'll get into how racist Arabic cultures are in another video. But just so you know, they make the KKK look like diversity snowflakes. Today, I wanted to talk to you guys about one of the greatest global threats to the geopolitical world, the Muslim Brotherhood terrorist group and their allies. This is where much of the chaos on your university campuses comes from, by the way. The global political Islamist movement that is led by the Muslim Brotherhood terrorist organization is still in its growth stage and some might even argue that it was accelerated by the collapse of the Egyptian Muslim Brotherhood Morsi government as many of the Brotherhood cockroaches ended up fleeing Egypt only to cause chaos in the Western countries that they have for the meantime settled in. And it's not just them uh, or their money that has settled in your countries, but also their illegal blood money, which is laundered by many of your banks, accounting firms, as well as law firms. It is critical to understand that this is a nefarious movement with totalitarian global expansion goals that has been in operation around the world since the 1920s. It is a true brotherhood movement. The Muslim Brotherhood, by the way, refer to themselves as the Ikhwan. So I will be using these two terms interchangeably during this presentation the Muslim Brotherhood, as well as the Ikhwan. They are the same. The Ikhwan, or the Muslim Brotherhood, behave much like a gang or a cartel, with the kind of nepotism seen in mafia organizations in the past. Having said that, mafia organizations that operated inside of the United States as well as Canada were mainly driven by monetary ambitions. This new mafia is driven by a theological interpretation and is supremacist in its nature. The goal is to fundamentally change 
the legal as well as the governmental structure of the countries that the ideology is allowed to spread it. Michael Corleone wasn't looking to destroy America, but for their Muslim Brotherhood counterparts, destroying Western pluralistic liberal society is their religious duty. Not only that, but they have a cult-like devotion to this cause. And unlike normal people, these types of organizations thrive in prisons. Even in prison, the Brotherhood and Islamic extremists look to expand the influence of their religious interpretation of the scripture. And they also protect one another as if they were a bloodline, just like Morsi did in 2006, when he and new Canadians like the former foreign affairs minister Khaled al-Qazaz did when they were arrested for being part of a global terrorist organization. The Brotherhood in Egypt were imprisoned and all 600 of their political insiders acted like a cartel within the prison system. Perhaps you could contact Khaled al-Qazaz inside of Canada where he was not only allowed to live but set up yet another charity with your tax dollars. And this is no joke. I'm not kidding. This is the garbage that you let into your country. The reason the group acts as a collective whenever they get into trouble or they choose to buy up real estate in one specific neighborhood together or they go to law school together <laughs> is because as a collective they work to keep the movement strong, deeply rooted and safe from ever being truly destroyed or fractured. This is a cult, but not just any cult. This is a cult of religious men who swindle and are involved in shady real estate deals. They operate with complete impunity because they have convinced some Westerners of their victimhood narrative, and this is all deception. But this doesn't work with Arabs like myself who grew up with these people and can see completely right through them because we know the bullshit that they're trying to sell you because I'm supposed to be selling you the same. Maybe that's why so many of them are cheap car salesmen or real estate agents or mortgage brokers or in some cases when they look completely like, you know, goat f***ers they end up going to law school. Mohammed Mursi, along with the Brotherhood, took over Egypt's rule post-removal of Husni Mubarak. Mursi ran in the general federal Egyptian elections as the leader of the Freedom and Justice Party. Sounds a lot like the social justice warrior movement in the West, doesn't it? There's a reason for that. After Egyptians revolted against Husni Mubarak on January 25th of 2011 and he resigned, the next month general elections took place that saw the rise of Muslim Brotherhood leader Mohammed Mursi. The chaos, the devastation, the riots that plagued Egypt between December 2013 to the following January were something you would think you would only see 
in war horror movies. I have watched clips of this man speak where he promises the Egyptian people freedom, government reform, and to listen to the will of the people. He mimicked a politician who speaks with passion, but he chose his words selectively and carefully. He, much like other dictators, painted a utopia for the Egyptian people. He also always wore a business suit, trying to convince people that he was oh so smooth and sophisticated. But anyway, when the Egyptian people found themselves in crisis, when their new democratically elected government raised the price of living to such an extent that things like gas, food, and power suddenly became luxury items, they had no choice but to take to the streets demanding the removal of Morsi along with the Brotherhood cockroaches that had stepped into government. Low class, desert garbage. Even when you try to clean them up, they still look like they should be riding a camel. And the election was extremely corrupt, by the way. Many people were targeted, harassed, and forced to vote for Morsi under duress. And this is what helped land a victory for the Morsi along with the rest of the Imbred Ikhwan. When Morsi took office, Egypt was rocked to its core by a government that immediately moved to normalize relations with Iran, Qatar, and Turkey. If you want to know why the United States under President Trump is building peace relations between Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, the United Arab Emirates with Israel, well now you know why. And it wasn't just the fact that the Egyptian people could no longer afford food, power, or gas that caused them to take to the streets. But the Morsi government began a ruthless crackdown against anyone and everyone who dissented from the Muslim Brotherhood's Islamist rule. The Egyptian people quickly learned that the Muslim Brotherhood were very serious when they repeated their motto on democratic elections. One election one time. They meant it. And you can look at the Muslim Brotherhood in Israel, aka Hamas, as yet another example where they are 16 years into a four-year term. Because one election, one time. For the Egyptian people, it was a fight or flight type of situation. So they fought. They fought for their country and many Egyptians were killed by the Muslim Brotherhood. And we saw much of this get reported in Western media. But of course, your extremely biased left-wing media omitted all context and detailed explanation of what was occurring from their reporting. But that's nothing new. Even though there was a complete blackout, images began surfacing from people directly on the ground through social media as well as independent news outlets of Morsi's agents committing heinous acts against the Egyptian people. Bloody and violent attacks were approved by the Ikhwan against anyone who voiced disapproval of the government's actions as well as the new regulations over speech, protests, and secular values. 
It got much worse after a video of young boys in their teens being thrown off of rooftops by Morsi agents surfaced in Alexandria, after which a monstrous scene of Morsi's agents mutilating the dead bodies of the boys was carried out by the Ikhwan. Remember this the next time someone tells you that the Muslim Brotherhood are a peaceful group. Perhaps you might think differently if it was your child that was thrown off a building to his death. Then it happened. Morsi's agents took over Rab'a al-Adawiyya area in Hayat Tahrir Square in Cairo, and they began engaging in full terrorism tactics, where civilians were tied up in public squares and tortured, and women were repeatedly raped. That desert garbage has a certain affinity for raping women, by the way. Hashtag white privilege, anyone? Children were also rounded up and recruited as child soldiers. Then the children were made to carry the coffins of the Muslim Brotherhood martyrs so that they can once again show off their supremacy as an Islamist organization. The Ikhwan would openly torture and threaten civilians with their leaders chanting things like no backing up, no retreat till Islam rules, or the idiots have put their necks under the guillotine and now we must press on the knife, said Asim Abdul Majid from the Ikhwan. Those who splash water on Morsi, we will splash them with blood, yelled Safwat Hijazi, a famous Muslim Brotherhood Imam and supporter of Morsi. Oh, by the way, separation of church and state? No such thing exists in Islam. We will either rule over you or we will kill you, said the Muslim Brotherhood politician Tariq Zumr. Then, on July 14th of 2013, Egypt's prosecutor, General Hashim Barakat, ordered Tariq al-Zumr's assets to be frozen. He fled like the coward that he is, and he is currently hiding in Qatar. But back to the terrorism. The area of Sina saw an extra dose of daily terrorist attacks that resulted in hundreds of daily deaths during that time period. Because Muhammad al-Baltagi, who was a Muslim Brotherhood member, actually announced that Sina was going to see an endless wave of terror attacks because of the military coup happening in Cairo. And he demanded that the coup is turned and that Muhammad Mursi declared the true ruler of Egypt. This is the Muslim Brotherhood's idea of an inspiring political speech. These are the same people who are constantly playing the victim card when they are not in complete control. And they try to build pejoratives by inventing stupid propaganda terms like Islamophobia. And it is only the most ignorant in the Middle East that fall for this nonsense. They try to do the same in the Middle East, but unlike in the West, it does not work. On July 26 of 2013, Military General Abdel Fattah al-Sisi asked the Egyptian people to go out for a referendum that Friday 
and the Egyptian people responded. But the result was a 45-day stint of the bloodiest wave of attacks by the Ikhwan Egypt had ever seen. They attacked people and they targeted police stations where they would invade a police station, murder everyone inside, desecrate their bodies, then burn the entire station down. Almost like the Antifa militia causing chaos in the United States. I wonder who has been guiding them. Then the Ikhwan engaged in full-blown terrorism, using car bombs, assassination attempts of public security figures, along with the use of IED explosives to hit their targets. More clashes occurred between security forces and the Brotherhood members, this time in front of the Church of the Virgin Mary, during a wedding that resulted in the death of four people, including two little girls, along with 17 injured. The Muslim Brotherhood burned 66 churches to the ground in just 45 days. Violent attacks were also carried out on Catholic, Orthodox, Evangelical churches as well as the homes and the businesses of Christians. And if you're wondering why the Middle Eastern Christians in Canada as well as in the United States are silent and afraid to speak up, it's because they still have family in Egypt. And like all criminal cartels, the Ikhwan are still engaged in targeted violence and assassinations in Egypt today. So when a garbage like Sarah Atiyah in Canada, who's a listed terrorist in Egypt, by the way, when she complained about the human rights abuses and the people that are being targeted in Egypt, she failed to mention that these are the same extremists who threw young men off of buildings and murdered countless people while her husband, a former member of the Mercy government, was in power. So let me ask you again, what is wrong with Canadians? Why would you bring these people here to your country and then allow them to run schools and to meddle in your politics here? If you ever get upset when Americans call you stupid, you might want to look into this fact. The Ikhwan worked really hard to build a very strong presence for themselves inside of universities in Egypt. Then they quickly unleashed their young indoctrinated university activists into the urban city areas. They harassed and they assaulted ordinary civilians as well as university professors and they blocked main roads. If opposition to the Muslim Brotherhood existed on or near a university campus, it was dealt with by the mob. This is the type of democracy that comes with the Muslim Brotherhood rule. And it is very ironic how some of these Egyptian Ikhwan and their supporters managed to escape to Western countries like Canada 
and are now active in your political parties, including your conservative party. When they are working to get to power, they speak out of both sides of their mouth about democracy, about racism, and justice, blah, blah, blah. It's all bullshit. Because they are a violent death cult that will start an uprising using the social issues of the country that they are in to build a mob that regularly throws Molotov cocktails and brings nothing but political violence to the streets. And it is no coincidence that Minneapolis, Minnesota just happened to be the launching pad to the current political instability and violence that's going on in the United States. And it just happens to be Keith Allison's district, Muslim Brotherhood. Right adjacent to it is Ilhan Omar's district, an alleged agent of Qatar. The problem of the Muslim Brotherhood terrorist organization is not limited to Egypt, Israel, or the Middle East in general. France, the United Kingdom, and Germany, along with many other countries, have knowledge that this is an extremely serious issue. This is why Florida's governor, Ron DeSantos, while still in Congress, was trying with other lawmakers to lobby to get the Muslim Brotherhood and its front groups listed as a terrorist organization. This could in fact be the world's largest global terrorism organization network now, operating in 80 countries, including yours. And they may be in your government. And this is why garbage like Canada's Conservative Party leader, Erin O'Toole, would be hanged for treason if we were living a century ago. And yet, I and others like myself who escaped Islamic hellholes are just expected to sit back in the countries that we love that have some of the most naive people that I have ever met that are asking me to just sit back, watch, and be quiet. Well, I'm sorry, but no. Not until you guys wake up from this coma that you're in and correct your path. Till then, I remain a thorn in the side of the Brotherhood, along with their collaborators. Thank you.